0: Hey gamers, what's up? It's me, Cole Wise. Just a heads up, this isn't an ad, this is actually an important message about PSX. If you still want to get tickets for it, tickets are still live, and you can get the early bird tickets. I promised I would let everybody know on the show every week, as long as I knew, if the early bird tickets were available, and they still are. They're $65. PSX is in December, it's down in Anaheim, it's a nice sunny spot in the country, and it is December 9th. And December 10th, so that's a Saturday, that's a Sunday. Make sure to get your hotel, your tickets. Otherwise, I believe it goes up to $75 for full-price tickets. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. But right now, they also have a special offer that you can go down to the Game Awards, and they say right here on this page that they are $20. Normally, they are $40 to get into the VGAs, but if you sign up for PSX, you also get this special offer of $20 a ticket for the VGAs. That would be Thursday, December 7th, and it is at 5.30 p.m., located in the Microsoft Theater at LA Live. So remember, jump in on that now while you can. We hope to see you at PSX this year. What's up, gamers? It's time for your weekly game break. This is episode 32, and as usual, I'm your host, Cole Wise. We have a full party today, and those players are Nino Kuni's biggest fanboy, Daniel Jensen. Hey. The man who can and does platinum every game, Jared Massagi. Yo. And for the first time ever, the traveling gamer, Eve Ramos.
1: What's up, little cuties? <laughs>
0: yeah. You too can be on the show just by going to game-break.com and sending us a message or hitting up GB underscore podcast on Twitter. Remember, we're not developers, we're not journalists, we're gamers just like you, and this is your video game podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about mobile gaming. And the reason why we're getting into this is because a few weeks ago, I got to thinking about a Vita game that I love dearly called Freedom Wars. And with that kind of comes the, should they continue? Yes, I wholeheartedly believe that they should continue. Whether or not they should continue and put it on PS4, or on Vita, or on both, that was kind of something I wanted to talk about. But right now, the biggest portable gaming thing we have is the Nintendo Switch. And with its popularity, do we think that portable gaming can make a comeback in the West? It's been kind of a stigma of maybe some slight embarrassment in latter years but now with everybody loving the switch as much as they do maybe we can bring it in to current day without having to worry about pulling it out in front of a bunch of people the switch that is uh so let's just jump into that so you guys we've all played freedom wars what do you guys think Should they make a sequel? Should they continue? And do you think they should maybe do what Gravity Rush 2 did and only put it on the PS4? Or should they stay true and keep it on the Vita?
1: I think they should put it on both PS4 and the Vita. Because it's great having access to it wherever and whenever. And it would also be awesome for people who don't have a Vita to be able to play. Because Freedom Wars is an awesome game. Uh,
2: I also agree. It is a good game. Uh, it's not my favorite genre, the monster collection kind of games, but again, it would be a good one on the PS4 just to give it more exposure. But yeah, as far as a sequel goes, that would be nice on the Vita, though I doubt it. Though with with the game also be with the Vita being popular in Japan, who knows? Though I doubt it.
3: I feel like I'm gonna get like a hundred thousand year sentence for saying this, but you know Probably. I feel like, like i feel like uh i'm I'm feeling that if if it does come back that they're pretty much gonna be going to p s four only I mean I understand you know like everyone's going like different directions, but I feel like it now if they did a new console like a new handheld like like maybe because the Switch is doing so well, maybe Sony will do something. I was joking earlier before we started this about you know PS Vita Pro, but if they did something like that, I could definitely see that happening. It's just I I mean I'm not too sure that it's it's very tricky waters with this one in particular. It's great, but it's I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in the boat where this one's a little tricky. I feel like if they did it, they'd do it on PS4, just because that's where a lot of stuff is going. But there is the chance it could be um, PS4 and Vita, because some games still are doing it. But it's kind of hard to say, just because uh, it's a first-party Sony studio.
1: Right. You guys know my stance. Viva la Vita. And I will defend it till I die.
0: Yeah, I was, I was mentioning that I wasn't going to talk much during this episode because we've got uh, four of us, so we don't want to talk over each other too much. But uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think Freedom Wars was a fantastic game, and having it mobily, to me, is perfect because you do have these missions that you can pick up and go, and with the Vita being able to go into a sleep mode, you can you know put it down at any time. Uh, and I'm with you Jared normally like monster hunter games like that never did anything for me freedom wars has been the one standout of uh you know a collectathon and i just i personally for me the reason why i even thought about this is because i would love to see a sequel to this game whether or not freedom wars itself makes it to ps4 now i would be really happy with that too but i think the big thing that i would need is the cross save if they were going to do that uh, but a lot of people were oh, yes. A lot of people were really mad about Gravity Rush 2 not being on the Vita and honestly it's not like I was like actually mad about it but it was disappointing to hear that Gravity Rush 2 wasn't at least an option for the Vita and it's why I wanted your guys' opinions you know see what you think about these games that were once popular uh, mobily and now they're coming over to console like it makes sense from a business standpoint for those people who haven't played it yet but you know when I think about how it started on the Vita A lot of Vita diehard fans, which, I mean, let's face it, the four of us right now are going to be big advocates for the Vita. Uh, I was just kind of curious what like Vita enthusiasts would think of a platform change like that. But uh, it also, I mean, it does bring us to the Switch. The Switch is really popular. So, I mean, do we think it would be worth Sony's time to even make another portable device because of this kind of resurgence of mobility coming back into the game a little bit
1: I think 100% yes and I say that because the Switch I've seen people playing it that I would have never guessed have been gamers because what I do is I work a very outdoorsy job where a lot of times you don't have the ability to play your consoles and so I went to this job And there was like two or three other people who had a switch and they were very into it playing Legend of Zelda of course they both beat it completed it and they were talking and they were saying that they would like to see or they would at least like to get a PS Vita they don't have them but after playing with the switch they were talking about getting one so I think yes but then again it was only two other people
2: well uh, you asked a couple question and questions, so I'll answer only like two of them. Uh, am I upset that certain games cross uh, go into like other systems like the PS Vita to PS4? I'm not really upset with any of that. The reason not, I'm not is because that's kind of like future-proofing some of the games. It's like Gravity Rush. Very unique mechanics on the Vita, but if... Because of those unique mechanics, they might not be usable in the future. Like pretty much every DS game will not have a future iteration in the future consoles like the Switch. Just because of how unique the systems are. Like uh, Uncharted, the Golden Abyss. Because it has so much unique functions, you probably will never see that in the PS4, in the digital ecosystem, or in the PS5. So odds are you're not gonna ever see that unless they do a workaround. Now will PlayStation make a Vita 2, a Vita Pro? Uh, probably not. They're they're at this moment they're sitting high and mighty with the PS4, and they're spending all their resources, all their third party support. They're throwing it all with them. And again, Nintendo is doing it to where. We, we will 100% support this system. We have no choice. So therefore, it will succeed on the back of Nintendo. And so far, they are succeeding by making Nintendo high-quality games. So we'll see what PlayStation does.
3: I kind of agree with you on that, Jared, but my thing would be if they were to do a like another Vita, I mean, I'm not saying it... It could happen, but if they did, they really have to rectify what they did for the, the Vita now because really what killed it for people was, you know, let's be honest, the memory cards. That mm-hmm. was that was the big thing that killed it for everybody. Like, with the Switch, you don't need any of that. It's like, and that's, honestly, I feel like that's, you know, something that's contributing, you know, to it doing better besides it being, you know, a console and a home console a slash handheld hybrid. If they just release a new system with... Like slightly more power and uh, you don't have to deal with the memory card crap and it's reasonable I think maybe it would succeed uh, but the problem therein would be it would have to have something to diversify itself from the Switch because if all they had were the exact same games, then it would feel kind of pointless. Because I know right now, um, the Switch is kind of just taken over as far as uh, niche support. Like, a lot of Japanese titles I've been noticing have just crawling over to Switch. I was honestly not expecting the uh, adoption rate by the developers to be that quick and that high, which kind of surprised me. So that's that's kind of where I'm wondering if they do can they do it to where it wouldn't be the same?
2: Well, I want to add a a little bit to that. Um, I agree with you. I agree with everything you said about the memory card. The memory card is definitely the killer of the Vita. But also what makes Vita so great is the digital library. It's like there was not a whole lot, and there were a few, but there was not a whole lot of Vita-made games. But you could almost access the entire PS1 library, a couple PS2 games, um, the Persona 4 Golden, uh, some Vita games, and PSP games. You had an an entire catalog there available in a handheld. I just did a count of my Vita games, and I have 38 games in my Vita at this moment. Ready to go so again that's what makes this system unique is for the fact that you could pick it up and go 38 games in your pocket and high quality my favorite games same thing with the switch you could have mario kart splatoon 2 breath of the wild all in your pocket so that again that's what makes these systems unique
1: yeah totally does. Uh, the Switch has been a game changer for me because, like I said, I don't really have access to my consoles when I'm not doing my job. So it's nice when I can go, once I'm done throughout my day, I can go and take some time for myself and I can play Legend of Zelda or Bomberman or whatever game I have on my Switch, Mario Kart even, when I'm out like on a river. That is awesome to me. And I still get to be a gamer, <laughs> so it's great. Now,
2: what I would say is impressive about the Switch is the local uh, co-op split-screen games. You you don't you can't do that on the Vita. You have to be online. With the Switch having two remotes, you could play Mario Kart with a friend sitting right next to you. You don't need a TV. You don't need any anything else. You could play local co-op, and that is awesome. I've done it with the families, and it's like fantastic. That is the one strong, unique thing that's on the Switch.
3: And especially the graphics on it, like I mean, mm-hmm. they are, they are actually fairly impressive for what I would expect of a handheld. Like I think in some cases, probably it's even more, way more powerful than Vita. Not like crazy, but it's a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent technical beast, which I was kind of surprised about, you know. I mean, you know, we have stuff like Zelda and Mario Kart that are just coming out, but I'm quite curious to see how far they're going to push it, because it's, it's still relatively new hardware. Like, for example, something I'm waiting for, you know, I've said it before, Metroid Prime 4. I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, how far, like, they could go with stuff like that. Like imagine just having like you know first person shooters you know just like four player multiplayer like and you could just play it on the screen like Jared was mentioning that would be huge.
0: So I w- I kind of want to interject in here because I have some questions about the Switch, um, and Evie we'll get your opinion first. But your line of work, you're you're not really near outlets very often are you to be able to charge your switch. So, I mean, what's, what's the battery life like on this? And then Jared, since you mentioned uh, being able to do any kind of co-op or multiplayer game just on the switch screen itself, that also brought up a question in my mind of, you know, I, I don't like when I share a TV screen, but that was also back when TV screens were 19 inches and even 19 inches. It felt like having that divided in half, I never really got uh, a great experience with a split screen that way. So uh, again, first question is, how's the battery life on the Switch? Do you feel like it really accommodates you being out and about? And then secondly, yeah, how is that uh, multiplayer life like on the Switch when you're just looking at it set up on a table?
1: You know, the battery life is a lot better than I would have expected. I can play Breath of the Wild for about three or four hours, I would say, maybe a little bit longer. Um, another cool thing as well is, like, I have a portable battery that I have, and I take it out in the river with me. And so when my battery's getting low, I just plug that in and charge it, and it doesn't use up a whole lot of my power. So I can charge it a few times on my trip. So it's, I wouldn't say it's horrible. If you have a battery pack with you, you can get some good gaming sessions out of it. And I'm usually out on the river for like three up to six days, and it's been fine.
2: Yeah, and as far as your question about co-op, again, a lot of these games in which you have the split screen are competitive. So, like Mario Kart, it's a very competitive kind of racing game. So, you're pretty focused whenever you're looking at your side and trying to win the race. So, again, and... The switch it has a huge screen on it. It's impressive how this system works. So again, I think it was fine with a split screen.
0: Okay, well that's good. I mean that's kind of the big question, isn't it? Because they can always advertise that well the system does this, the system does that, uh, and you can get people who maybe kind of dabble in it. But yeah, I haven't heard what you know how the viewing is when the screen is already split in half because. I've held the Switch, and it is a good size. I will say it feels more comfortable in the hand than I would have initially given it credit for just looking at it, and uh, it is bigger than a Vita screen. Like, correct me Uh if I'm wrong, it's like significantly bigger than a Vita screen. I haven't held one in months, but uh, even that Vita screen being as small as it is, never felt like it was too small. So, I mean, that's great to hear that it's You know, feels good, looks good, uh, and then even having it divided in half for multiplayer, that was a big concern for me. So I'm glad to hear that. You know, battery life, as long as you've got an extender, it's going to do great. And then split screen looks all right. But now we get into this other territory. We haven't talked about this yet, but uh, I know that for me, when I got my Vita a few years ago, uh, you know, just you know, sitting in an office or, you know, waiting while your car is being worked on or something, I always felt maybe a little embarrassed to pull out my Vita. Uh, because I feel like gaming has more recently taken off in a way that for the general public, it's become more accepted. Whereas before, it was still this stigma of, oh, you play video games, you know, you're, you're like a child, or, you know, adults don't really do this. Uh, I mean, before we even started recording tonight, we were talking about how that can affect relationships and being that, you know, we're all guys, you know, talking about some of the women we've been with and the stigma of, like, well, you know, uh, you're going to eventually start playing those games eventually, right? Or, like, if we were to ever get married, it's like, that all ends. It's like, uh, no, this is, this is my hobby. This is what I do. Uh, I, I often explain to people that video games for me is, like, I'm not a big movie guy. I'm not a big book guy. I'm not even a big like TV show guy. And I do take in those forms of entertainment from time to time. But the biggest one for me is games. That's why I love games that have a story more than I love games that are just like a challenge or have a puzzle. Cause that's where I get my stories from. That's how I visit these other parts of the world and see these amazing things or go into deep space or, uh, travel through time. All that stuff is, it's all in video games for me. So sometimes when you're sitting in an office and you're bored out of your mind, Having a game with you is pretty nice, but like I said, I always kind of worried what people would think, and now I don't feel that anymore, because I feel like video gaming has become more accepted. So, say in a place like Japan, where it's widely accepted, and you see Vitas uh, in spades, even in Japan, and then you see 3DSs, uh, people on their cell phones, to me there's a big difference between a mobile game and a portable game, where mobile gaming is something you would do on your cell phone and i got to admit like kingdom hearts unchained is a great mobile game i never thought i'd say that about a cell phone game but it really is pokemon go has been huge and it has definitely made a name for itself in the states whether for some people that be good or for some people that be really bad because of some of the experiences they've had we you know we've heard about some of the disasters they've had for big events here recently but portable gaming has been this thing that has only really succeeded with the 3ds but do you guys think that this is something that might become more popular again and maybe boost sony who knows maybe even microsoft in the future might start jumping in on this now that nintendo has had such such success but do you think that this is something that can be accepted a lot more now like in western society
1: yeah i would Because, like i was saying um where i work it's all very outdoorsy people people who aren't really into video games or Stuff like that. I mean, there are some who, who do know and are into it, but it's rare. As I've noticed, it's like more and more, they see me playing my games, and normally, like I remember when I was younger, people would always be like, "Oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, games are so lame." Not always, but here and there. But now they're like, "Oh, that looks really cool," and then I kind of explained to them like a lot of things you can do and how it's a really great medium for, you know, interacting with a story getting more out of it or puzzles even if you like puzzles and that kind of stuff and they're very open to a lot of people are. like they'll, sometimes I'll sit down they'll watch me play they think it's cool um funny enough like some girls think it's it's like a cute thing <laughs> I don't know why but sometimes they do but I mean it goes back like when I was in high school there was a, there was a period over Christmas where I got some new video games and I was talking to this girl and I was playing them so I wasn't like texting back as fast as fast as she would have liked and she broke up with me over that you know kind of goes I know Daniel was talking about that as well <laughs> how some people can not really be a fan of gamers or the whole gamer um, I wouldn't even say attitude just like being a gamer <laughs> lifestyle but Gamer lifestyle, yeah, there we go. but I've I've definitely seen people more accepting of it. And now I don't I don't feel weird taking out my Vita or my Switch in public because people are usually really into it. They're like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, what are you playing?" Way more accepted now, and I think it can make a big jump here in the Western states because gaming—it's just—it's—it's it's in now. Gaming is in, so. I don't see how I don't see why it wouldn't now Microsoft and Sony thinking in. I know I was kind of supporting it with the Vita and all that. Like I would like to see another one. I don't know if they would make the jump into doing it. But I mean, I guess time will tell, right?
2: Yeah. And I would have to agree with what you said. I think it is being accepted in the West. Well, I think it's being accepted because of mobile there with the Pokemon go uh, Whenever it released and how that became a national sensation, that that put it, it into everyone's minds, like, this is how big games are. Everyone, you see people walking around collecting Pokemon, it's like, this is how much people like games. So I think the mobile market is what makes it acceptable. Now, what type of games you like to play, that determines your system. So... Vita, you could play more RPGs, you could play more shooters, while the cell phone, you play more puzzle games, or more something along the lines of Pokemon Go, or something like that. As far as acceptance goes, I think it's the mobile market that helped in the West, and then just just based off of what kind of game you want to play, that's where it could be either your cell phone or the Vita. I think that's just the line is being blurred a little bit there.
3: And I, I absolutely do agree with you guys. It's uh, I think it is uh, about time, you know, that it's, everything's kind of making a comeback. You know, they're kind of... I, I noticed they're kind of kind of getting the 3DS going down a little bit in favor of the Switch. And, you know, the Vita's kind of just coasting along with the support of the East right now. But I think kind of with everything happening now, and as uh, EVE said, pretty much gaming's in at this point, I think that it's... I think that everything's just going to be coming back. Now, whether or not we see, like, super great uh, mobile titles again, that's to be seen. That's kind of what I'm hoping, because, I mean, yeah, we have, you know, the nice console games and stuff, but we'd also like nice handheld games. And initially, I think that's why everybody was excited about, like, the Vita, for example, because at first they had the heavy hitters, and then up until, like, 2013 at the end, they even then still had heavy hitters, like... For example, Killzone was amazing on the Vita. I was very surprised by that. I think if they make the games for it, that the people will come.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. It's very important to have awesome games that people want to play on your system. And I have to say, like at first, I didn't really, like I wasn't really into the Vita. Like I wasn't really into handheld, um, portable gaming. But once I had seen, you know, they brought Uncharted, Golden Abyss, I had to get a Vita at that point. And I'm glad I did, because it introduced me to more games, like Freedom Wars, and then Killzone, was it Killzone Mercenary? I was not expecting gameplay like that on a portable device. So I think it is very important to have the games behind it, obviously.
3: Yeah,
2: but also I would say with the handheld market, what would help it is just simply opening up the digital ecosystem. Switch would probably be huge if their uh, virtual console system was up. If you could tell people you could play all your NES games, Super NES, N64, and GameCube games, if they open that flood market, it would be crazy. Again, I would say the same thing with the Vita. If you told people you could play every PS1 game and every PS2 game and every PSP game, you have an automatic library there. It's like you don't have to develop uh, brand new games, though you should to boost the mark, boost your sales. But you already have an automatic gaming library that people, a lot of people, have not played. So. Like I said, I think if you open those up, then other games will follow.
3: I'm wondering, and this this actually is a question for you, Jared. Do you mm-hmm. think do you think that they would uh, charge you again for all the stuff uh, like that uh, Nintendo usually does from system to system if they were to do the Virtual Console?
2: Yes, they would. That's Nintendo's M.O. They do it every system. Now, PlayStation is a little bit different. It's like I know, like, I bought Final Fantasy games for the PSP, digital. Those came over to the Vita. So, again, that library is a little bit more user-friendly. Not perfect, but it's better off. Nintendo, it's like, it lives and dies in your previous handheld system. You You buy a new system... You have to buy the library again.
3: Ah, that's, that's the one issue I have with them. It would be so nice if they could implement stuff like, not uh, not exactly cross-buy, but just to make it so it's <laughs> just like, you've, you've already purchased this, just, you can carry it. That's one thing I'm happy at least Sony's been real good about. If they could do that, and then just release stuff, that would be amazing. But I'm sure, you know, not everybody that has a Switch probably had a Wii U or a Wii, for example. But, uh, so that would probably, you know, that would be a great way to do stuff. I would also like them to do the GameCube Virtual Console someday. Like, they keep teasing this, like, they kept teasing it for Wii U and, like, nothing. And so, now the Switch is here and we're almost, oh my gosh. What are we now, like, uh, what, five, almost six months into the console cycle already? Mm-hmm. I'm, ho- I'm hoping they uh, put some stuff out soon, because, man, if they could do that, holy crap. <laughs> Although, part of me's wondering if some of those GameCube games, like, you know, for example, Super Mario Sunshine, like, I'm wondering if some of those are being purposely held for either remasters or remakes.
2: Of course they are. They... They did that for the Wind Waker for the Nintendo U, Wii U, and what was the other one? They did it for a couple games on Nintendo Wii U. So, of course, Xbox does it, PlayStation does it. It's like they all hold those higher AAA, AA games until they remaster it.
0: I think, Daniel, you hit the uh, nail right on the head, too, as far as why they put out these games uh, repeatedly and charge the prices that they charge. But, I mean, admittedly, even if uh, even if it is their mindset that it's like, well, there's a lot of people who didn't have the Wii U, so this game that came out originally on the 64, we're going to put it on the GameCube, and then we're going to put it on the Wii, and then we're going to put it on the Wii U, and then we're going to put it on the Switch. It's like, either way... This is a game that is generations old at this point, and I get it. You've got to have your team that makes the game, makes it compatible for this new device. Something like Smash Bros., for instance, I am really curious to see how they're supposed to make that work on the Switch because the controls aren't nearly the same. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but they're not the same as holding a GameCube controller, and I am definitely one of those guys who, for me, Smash Bros. is the best on a GameCube controller, so how are you going to make that work? How's the new Smash Bros. going to work? Maybe it won't implement that same thing at all. Maybe it'll feel great. I I don't know yet, but I mean, I would love it if I had a... I don't even really want a wireless GameCube controller because those never worked very well, but I would love to be able to use a GameCube controller. But as far as buying old games again, it would just be nice if they maybe didn't charge a premium for them you know because like 15 20 bucks yeah exactly it's like you guys can still make money on it this is you know it's still a uh not a remastered but a an hd a graphically enhanced version of the game i had before but then again you look at some games like um what is it They, they remade some old legend of zelda games where uh there was more of an hd version and the funny thing is, is with any of these kind of games, it's not just Nintendo, where you get this HD version, and for me, like Ratchet and Clank, the way it looks in their latest game is how I remember it looking on the PS2 to some degree, just a little more boxy on the PS2, but then you look at it and it's like, oh no, this looks like garbage. <laughs> and so our <laughs> memories tend to up everything already, so we think we're getting the same thing, but then in reality... It's like, oh no, that actually is a much better version than the one I played before. Uh Kingdom Hearts two, mentioned <laughs> that. I, I'm playing. I happen to be playing it every every time we go to record, and it, to me, it looks like it did back then. But then when you do a direct comparison, it's like, oh no, it does look worse, older, huh? So, you know, I don't mind paying more money, and especially when. And I think Square Enix really did the right thing. I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, Jack and Daxter, they're coming back as PS2 classics instead of having, like, a remastered version like Crash. Well, Kingdom Hearts could have done the same thing, where it's like, look, here's the games, you guys can quit whining about it, and now they're on PS4. Now, they kind of did it to themselves, where they were scattered across so many platforms that they'd have to do something to make them work on the PS4, but I appreciate that they made an HD collection and put them all on a disc. I like that. I like that that's what Sony does. So, you know... I'm in the camp of Sony, Nintendo, keep putting out those games that we love, and I'll keep paying for them. Yeah. That's our choice. If we want to play the original one, then bring out the old console. But if you want to play it on the new one, then 20 to 40 bucks. Here, you can play it. And I personally think that's worth it. Um, something I wanted to touch on, though, because we don't have a lot of time left. So sorry if you guys have more thoughts on that. But uh, right now, with the Switch, since we're talking about it, there's a lawsuit against the Switch. I don't know how much you guys have heard about it, but there's this article by Tech Radar, and I'll just I'll read a portion of it to give everybody an idea, uh, you know, be up to speed on what's going on. It says that Nintendo's handheld tablet esque console, the Switch, is now the subject of a lawsuit that claims that certain elements of the design are a little too close to a concept patented by gaming accessory manufacturer Gamevice. In particular, the lawsuit isn't happy with how closely the concepts of the Switch mimic that of the GameVice's own Wikipad, an Android tablet that loosely resembles the layout of the Switch, as well as the company's gaming peripherals. I don't know what that word was they used before that, so I skipped it. (laughs) Uh, That are very similar to the Joy-Con. Switch's detachable controllers, except they operate on your Apple or Android smart device. And I got to say, looking at this picture, this thing looks like garbage compared to the Switch. So, you know, I don't know why they're complaining that bad. But it says that the terms of this lawsuit are rather lofty, asking for damages and the ban of all Switch sales. I request that would no doubt see Nintendo lose exceptional earnings considering how successful this console has been for the company in its initial release. Um, So I don't know. I see this and I think it's kind of crazy. And I'm really curious to see how it's going to turn out. But I I get the feeling that Nintendo is probably going to be fine. Because if this thing is still Mm -hmm. patented, they haven't actually even made it yet. Nintendo had to have created their patent a long time ago. So I'd imagine Nintendo had to have gotten to it first. But I don't know. I was just kind of curious if you guys had thoughts on it or opinions, if you think Nintendo will make it out of there. I personally
2: think Nintendo will be just fine. Uh, It's it was one of the weird things about Nintendo and again, I have not tried it. It's the rumble function You know how the guy pretended like he has ice cubes in his hand again You the the thing about pans is they you could you could design something similar But it has to be different enough to where it's it's a different idea There's got to be different technology it it may look the same again all tablets look the same a remote right next to it will probably look the same but the technology behind it has to be different there has to be enough differences that okay this is your own doing again with the rumble technology inside of it with the um, the detachable with the um, what do you call it the sensors attached to Uh, the joy cons again I think there's enough differences to where I think Nintendo will be just fine
0: honestly looking at this thing it looks more like one of those kids tablets that you would get where the tablet itself Uh is surrounded in this thick plastic and it just so happens to be that at the top right corners of this thing uh, you have your button layout with a d-pad a The four individual buttons on the right, uh, maybe like a start and select, and a couple of analog sticks, but even though it closely resembles it, I don't know. Honestly, this thing looks like something that if I saw it, like I said, I would assume it's a Fisher-Price for my child sort of tablet and would ignore it. (laughs) It doesn't look like the controller pieces even detach, and if it does, it looks like maybe a tablet slides in and out of it, which again, in concept-wise, is different than the Switch because even though yeah the controllers come off of it you still it's not like this whole big piece that the tablet comes in and out so I don't know I think they're going to be fine but for anybody listening who might be worried about that lawsuit grant you we have no real details on it but uh, I would wager to guess that Nintendo is going to be just fine but anyway that wraps up this episode of Game Break but it isn't game over don't forget you can go to game-break.com. Don't forget that dash. It's very important. And find links to all of our social media sites. And you can write in either to give us feedback or ask to be on the show. It's free of charge and we want to hear from you. Now get out there and keep doing what you love. And we will see you next time. See you later. See ya. Bye little kitties. <laughs>